0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. Thanks, Lord. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently ah, doing in your life. Or oh, if so you'd like to support to the ministry financially, exciting. you can do so here got, on our website. I got ten minutes. For I now, we, can we for hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Psalms, turn to Psalm sixty-seven, please. And uh, you know, we really do love all of you, and we so appreciate your faithfulness. Uh we, we don't take that lightly. You can't have a church without people. And so thank you for uh, being here and for being faithful. I was praying on um, this week and then God really began to move my heart on Saturday morning as I was here early praying and, and about today and uh, kind of, you know, I didn't know what, kinda, which way to go and all of a sudden he really laid something on my heart regarding the nation's and uh, Vicky was praying some of that today earlier, and the songs that we were singing were uh, just just really. God just let me know that this is something that He is wanting us to pray about because it's something He wants to do. Psalm sixty-seven. I'll just move a few scriptures here. We'll go to the book of Jonah, and then we're going to pray. In Psalm sixty-seven, here's what the psalmist said: "God be merciful." Everybody say that. God Amen. Now say it like you mean it. God Amen. Amen. And gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us and among us. And then he says, the psalmist said, Selah. I mean, really pause and calmly think of that. Amen. Why? There's a reason. He wants you to really think about and really uh, chew on these words here. Here's what he says. Verse two, that your way may God, that your way may be known upon the earth your saving power, your deliverances, and your salvation among all nations. Amen. I said all nations, meaning God loves all nations. And then he goes on and says, Let the peoples praise you, uh, uh, praise you. turn away from their idols, and give thanks to you, O oh God. Let all the peoples, or the nations, praise and give thanks to, to you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the peoples fairly, and guide, lead, or drive the nations upon the earth. And then he ends with Selah. Pause and calmly think about this. So God here in the book of Psalms 67, he was, uh, he was telling people that he has a plan of salvation for the world. Um, because he loves the world. His whole purpose of coming was to bring redemption or eternal life to a world that was lost and going, uh, going, being separated for eternity from God. And so uh, what he needed though in this prayer was he had to have an intercessor, or plural, intercessors. People who would have the compassion and heart of God and stand in the gap for, uh, for people in general. And I asked the service, the first service, I simply asked this question. How many people here, sitting here today, right here in this congregation, you have people that you work around that aren't saved. You know they're not. Raise your hand. Okay, so there, you at that very moment had acknowledged that you have been given a ministry of uh, reconciliation, but a ministry of intercession, meaning that you can stand in the gap for them. And when you do, God will be faithful and responsible to get their attention no matter what. Praise God. Yes, ultimately people have to make a decision for Christ, but he, he can work in a heart. Hallelujah. So, I mean, you've got to be, not, got to be major hard and major arrogant not to receive uh, that move of God's spirit in your heart because God loves people. And everybody say Amen. And so the nations were in need, even at this time of the psalmist's word, the nations needed God's mercy. And they need God's mercy now more than ever before in the history of mankind. Let me give you the definition of mercy. It's very simple. It means kindness. It means pity or compassion. And it means favor. Amen. The favor of God. You are here today because of the favor of God. You are here today because of God's compassion and his mercy upon your life. If you agree, say amen to that. So we go back, and real quick, and just simply say this. Mercy extends us, uh, goes way back to the Garden of Eden. When Adam transgressed the word, he transgressed the word with his eyes wide open, meaning he knew exactly what he was doing. But even in that, even in that, God displayed his mercy, praise God. And instead of taking Adam's life, because God said, the day that you shall eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. And that's why when God came to Adam, walking in the cool of the day in the garden, he was calling, Adam, where are you? And Adam was hiding. Why? Because he was afraid that God was going to take his life. But instead of exercising the law of sin and death, God exercised a greater law called the law of love. Amen. I'm going to believe that love never fails? And I'm, aren't you glad? You wouldn't be here today if, it was, if that wasn't true. Love never fails. That's why God was able to get to you and get your attention. Amen. So God's love all, uh, overshadowed Adam's transgression as well as ours uh, uh, through mercy. Amen. Now... I want um, Luke 6, I want to read this real quick. Luke's the sixth chapter. Jesus introduces the depth of mercy to his disciples in the very beginning of his ministry. Here's what he said Do for other people everything you want them to do for you. If you love those who love you, do you deserve any thanks for that? Even sinners love those who love them. If you help those who help you, do you observe any thanks for that? Even sinners do that too. If you lend anything to those from whom you expect to get something back, um, do you deserve any thanks for that? No. Sinners also lend to sinners to get back what they lend. Rather, love your enemies. This was so foreign to the Jews. I mean, this, this was so out of, uh, ju- uh, out of the realm of Judaism. You know, they had eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I mean, they... This was so Greek to them, even though it was Hebrew. <laughs> anyway, they... they hey, let's move on. Anyway, it says, rather, love your enemies, help them, lend to them without expecting anything back. Then you will have great reward. You will be the children of the Most High God. And after all, He is kind to the unthankful and evil people. Do you hear that? He's kind to the unthankful and evil people. Because if He wasn't, again, you wouldn't be here today. He's kind to the unthankful and to the evil people. That's God's heart. And the Bible says, Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Only you can discern that. If you are full of yourself and you're arrogant, then of course you'll think you're better than others. The only thing that makes us different than the sinner out there outside those doors is Jesus. The only thing. Otherwise, we will be held captive by the very, very strongholds that they are to this day. But God set you free. He'll set them free. If you agree, say amen. Stop judging. And you will never be judged. Stop condemning. You will never be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give. Give the attributes of God. Love, mercy, compassion. Uh, kindness. Give and you will receive. A large quantity pressed down together, shaken down, down and running over will be put into your pocket. The standards you use for others will be applied to you. And I believe that with all my heart, God, kids. I believe with all my heart that if you will display a heart of compassion and mercy every day of your life and that the day that you need a boatload of it, you'll have it. But if you refuse to do that, the day that you need a boatload of it, you won't have it. Then you're going to suffer for the consequences of your transgressions. So that's why you want to be Christ-like. Everybody say amen to that? Hallelujah. Now, in James 2.13, and then we're going to go right to Jonah. In James 2.13, it says, There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. So one of the greatest displays of God's mercy and action is found in the book of Jonah. So if you can find that book in your Bible, we're going to go there and read some this morning. And we're going to be reading on the New Living Translation. But first of all, Jonah, uh, excuse me, the uh, Nineveh, Nineveh, uh, the city to which Jonah was sent to, was a city in Assyria. And they were Assyrians, they weren't Jews. They didn't have any covenant with God, and they were in trouble. They were exceedingly wicked, exceedingly wretched. They sacrificed their babies on the altar, just like we do today through abortion. They they were immoral, they were corrupt, they were full of idolatry. And it was so bad that Jonah and every other Jew obviously had the same attitude that they couldn't stand these stinking people and wanted to see them destroyed and I believe that was the attitude of all the Jews because God could only find one that would obey and it was Jonah and of course you'll see here what happened uh, to him and I'm, I'm reading out of the um, uh, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation and it's up here for you to follow along with me so the Lord gave this message to Jonah son of uh, Amittai, uh, these names are amazing, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, listen to this, announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked his people are, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord, and he went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish, he bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart, Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help. I mean, they, they were believers. They might have believed in the wrong gods, but they were believers. And they were crying to God for help, their gods for help, and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. I just think that's amazing. He was so hard, he was so rebellious. I mean, uh, that he could sleep during such a crisis situation. He he didn't want nothing to do with God's will. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep like this at this time? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. We don't care about you, but please pray for us. (laughs) I love that. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Uh <laughs> I just love this. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? And Jonah answered, Well, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. I mean, he didn't say anything about I'm rebelling against God, I'm not going to listen to God, I'm not going to obey God. And then the sailors. We're terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. Boy, you, I mean, he think about he wanted nothing to do with the will of God. He would have rather died than see God's mercy displayed To a people that were wicked. It's just a powerful story here. And he says, and uh, so throw me overboard, and things will be fine. And I know that this terrible storm was all my fault. Instead, the sailors rode even harder to get the ship to the land, but the storm sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God, (laughs) they cried out. Our gods haven't been answering but we're going to try God. we're going to try Jonah's God. I just love these things. And they cried out to the Lord Jonah's God. Oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh Lord, you have sent the storm upon him for your good reasons. Then the sailors picked up Jonah threw him all over into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed, <laughs> and vowed to serve him. <laughs> Hallelujah. All the heathen sailors got saved. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Well, I think it's cool. I don't know. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the belly for three days and three nights. And I said this earlier, but it's true. This is, an, this is right here is a parallel of that Jesus dying and going to hell to pay the price for our eternal damnation. He was in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. Uh, so, chapter two, I love this. First three words. Then Jonah prayed. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think it would have been better if they'd have prayed before that. <laughs> then Jonah prayed. To the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me, and I called Uh, And I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me, I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, "O Lord, you have driven me from the from your presence. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains, very roots of the, the very depths of the mountains. That's how deep the Lord went for us, uh, suffering for our transgressions. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut. How for how long? Forever. So He's talking about eternity here." Okay, But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out of the beach. He finally had an attitude adjustment, at least for a moment. He says, I will pay my vows, okay, sir? I will do what you say. So he gets vomited out. Okay? And um, uh, isn't that beautiful? I mean, in the midst of this dire situation, God's mercy was still available. And he, got, he received it. Chapter 3. Are you bored yet? Do no. you enjoy Bible stories? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The shortest message in human history. Think about that. That's all he said, and I, and I believe with all my heart, he said it this way, that he made sure that he made sure that he said, first of all, as little as possible. Why? Because he didn't want any of us saved. He made sure that his message was so dry and so dead and so lifeless that people wouldn't attach to it. And uh, there wasn't any ounce of loving kindness and tender mercies in his voice. Why? Because he wanted the city wiped out. And we'll prove it from Scripture as we go on. Verse 5. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes, he dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. I mean, I mean, just that short phrase brought such a deep root of conviction that it literally touched every life in Nineveh. Everybody was convicted. Everybody responded to the gospel. Is that awesome or what? It just shows the power of God. Then the king, the Bible says, and his nobles sent his decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. I'm telling you, we have never seen a day of such violence across America. Such a violence, such disdain for authority, such hatred for a nation who's, who was birthed by the heart of God. But that's what happens when people begin to move away from God. They begin to take on their fallen nature even more. Let's go on here. And um, so, anyway, when God saw that what they had done, they put a stop to their evil ways. The Bible says He changed His mind, did not carry out the destruction He had threatened. And what really excited me is that an entire nation of 120,000 actually over that, that usually in a situation like this, they always counted the men but not the women and children. So it could have far exceeded that. Every one, every one of them, every one of them were delivered. Every one of them were saved. And that so encouraged me, I thought, man, if God could save a whole city in the Old Testament, he could save a whole city in the New Testament. Come on, give him praise for that. Come on, don't be so dead. This is the Bible. This is scripture. I got so excited when I read that. Amen. But yet it could not have happened without an intercessor. See, God... Whether you realize it or not, John three sixteen was for the Old Testament believer as much for the New Testament believer. God has always loved the world. God has always loved the sinner. He, God did not send Jonah there to destroy uh, Nineveh. He sent Jonah there to give Nineveh the gospel and it was up to them to receive it and they all received it, praise God. The entire city received the gospel. Is that awesome or what? Amen. Chapter four. Now, this change of plans This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. He he was ticked off. He was so angry that God would display such mercy to such an evil people. So he complained to the Lord. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran to Tarshish, I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now. <laughs> what an attitude. That's funny you didn't drop dead right there. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited, as he waited, as he waited, as he waited, as he waited to see what would happen to the city. He's, he's, he's looking for the fire to come down. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. Oh, this eased his discomfort (laughs) or his misery. And Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant (laughs) so that withered away. (laughs) Oh, God, you got such a sense of humor. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he explained. Well, he was there by his own choice. And then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant Though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? What a story. It ends there. We don't know what happened to Jonah. I'm serious. It ends there. But just to, that story. Just again reveals how much God loves people. And I think we forget that. And God really convicted me. In fact, it was last Monday during prayer. I prayed, and we're going to pray today because the Lord wants us to do this. How many believe that God, if he saved an entire city of Nineveh, he could save the entire city of Sioux Falls. The entire city of Dallas, wherever you're from, right? Any place you're from, All God is looking for is an intercessor. Someone who will cry out to God on behalf of the wicked people. Because God loves sinners, whether we like to admit it or not. And we should because we're saved because of it. But I'm serious. So God convicted me. So last Monday I prayed. And I began to lift up some of these senators that I've been trashing. i got to read this one scripture real here. Here and then, then we're going to pray because it ties in with this. In fact, turn the the, the um up there in the booth. First Timothy two one through six out of the Passion Bible. I want to read that. Okay, um, the Passion Bible. Pray for all. Okay, pray for all men, women, and I put women with all forms of prayers and requests as you intercede with intense passion, and pray for every political leader. And representative so that we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives. As we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts, it is pleasing to our Savior God to pray for them. He longs for everyone to embrace his life and return to the full knowledge of the truth. For God is one and there is one mediator between God and the sons of men, the true man Jesus, the anointed one, he gave himself as a ransom payment for everyone. Now is the proper time for God to give this, to give the world this witness. And when the Lord spoke to me about that, and that translation right there, of course, we already know First Timothy that says, pray for all men that are in authority, kings, and so on, and so on. And so, today we're gonna pray. This is, this is not gonna be, this is not gonna be, the service for you. This is going to be the service for everybody outside this 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 uh, service this morning. So I want you to stand. I want you to stand. And I, I tell you what, I get just like you. I had to stop, and I'm, I'm and it has been quite a while now since I've been watching the news because it's just too depressing. It's just it just it's too depressing because it just overloads you with negativity and you're the only hope that they have is you and I interceding for them that's I'm serious because see if you if you weren't here today saved you would have some of the same distorted per, per, perspective that a lot of people have about America America is a, we're only listen whether you, you can go back and study history this uh, Amer- this nation was risen up by the hand of God, by the Spirit of God, for the glory of God. And though they, now I don't know what it's recently, but they said back in the 80s or 70s, 90 percent of the of 90 percent of the missionaries around the world came from America. So that's why there's such an attack. The devil hates this nation, but he just like Jonah, he can't do nothing about it if people will pray. He cannot stop. The effect of the prayers of the saints... And we got to stop bellyaching and start praying. Yes, of course I want th- things in my own mind. i got th- how things are figured out because I want greater liberties for my children and my grandchildren. Because, you know, the Bible says, if the wicked rule, the people mourn. But if the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Now that can mean many different things. But all I want to know, I, all I want right now is for God to move upon America. Uh, because we need a move of God's spirit in America. Uh, we More than, we need a move of God's spirit in our nation. We we don't need a political party. We need a move of God in our nation. We need to put Christ back on the throne of our hearts and lives and pray for the nation. we got to stop this stuff. we got to stop the nonsense. Between now and the election, we got to put that in the hands of God. We just have to pray for a divine visitation of His Spirit. Um, uh, and if we, if we see that, everything will be just fine. I said everything will be just fine. Praise God. I mean, no matter... No matter who gets, everything will be just fine because the church is going to keep going and keep growing until Jesus returns. Can to have an amen? Bow your head for a moment. We're going to do this first real quick. And when I say quick, I want you to respond. I don't want you to sit there and um, I want you to respond as, as urgently as you can with this I'm going to ask you. If any of you, you just, you know, for different reasons, warfare, pressure, that you've kind of, you've kind of, been moving away from God instead of toward God. But today you want to make a recommitment to your walk with God. Just lift your hand. I'll pray for anybody like that. You got to have courage to lift your hand. I spent more time at the altar when I was young. Thank you. Uh, And uh, thank you. I appreciate all of your honesty. Father, I just pray right now for these precious ones, God. Every one of us here right now, God, we commit and consecrate our hearts to you today. And God, even as you displayed such depths of mercy, Father, to to this city, uh, Nineveh, that you will display that same measure of mercy to us that are here today. Now, everybody lift your hands and thank him. God, thank you. There's not a day that goes by that we don't need your mercy. And, Father, thank you that we understand that as we give mercy away, God, we can receive the abundance of it back into our lives. Father, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for hearing the cry of the hearts that are here today. In Jesus' precious name, now let's give him praise. Amen. Now, Father, right now, now, if you know how to pray, I know this belief service, and uh, for welcoming our guests, thank you, but we do pray in the spirit, and as a corporate organization, I want you, um, a congregation, I want you to close your eyes, and I just want you to, by faith, reach out towards the White House, and let's pray for every senator and congressman and woman in the White House er, around that area of Washington. Father, I praise you, God, that it is you, it is you, God, that's able to drain a swamp. It is you that's able to clean up a life. It is you that is able to convict, hallelujah, the hearts of even the hard people. So, Father, all of us here today pray over Washington, D.C. God, we want the White House to become a righteous house. Amen. A holy house, God, that represents your kingdom, Father. And Lord, it is your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But God, we ask you to penetrate the hearts of men and women, God, that don't know you, Lord, in the House and the Senate, God. May there be a divine revival among the believers in Washington, D.C., God, that it would spread like a wildfire, hallelujah, throughout, God, the House and the Senate, God, in those in leadership, God, in Washington, D.C. We pray, God, for the leadership even in our own state. That, God, there be a mighty move of your spirit that that we could turn that abortion curse around and God stop that murdering in our state even in our nation God oh be merciful to our nation everybody ask God be merciful to our nation God we believe you can save a city we believe you can save a nation but God we pray over our city Father we stepped upon this soil 39 years ago believing that we could make a difference in a community and right now every one of us release our faith and petition you for a mighty move of your spirit hallelujah from the this whole entire community and all the small cities around here god oh god move by your spirit you do it father and we'll be careful to give you all the glory honor and praise now everyone give him praise we give you praise we give you praise in the name of jesus christ we pray thank you for listening to today's message we'd love for you to join us for our sunday morning services at 8 30 and 10 30 We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.